Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Where the hell is Tupperville? Where's Corey Booker? SI's Russ Dellinger. I think that said they're they're hoping to get 75 million. I'm hoping get it to spend my whole life on the beach, yeah. And SI's Pat Forty. If you're playing in the big game of the week, that's a 9 a.m. local kickoff for you. Congratulations on the body clock game. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. Alright, welcome to the pod. And uh, we come to you just after. The Big Ten unveiled its new seven-year, seven billion and change, and that's a sweet bit of change. Media rights deal with Fox, CBS, and NBC, plus their various streaming services. And I got to tell you, gentlemen, I am concerned about the future of college athletics. Now, I fully support Athletic conferences benefiting from their passion of their fans and the size of the cities in their area and the willingness of their schools to torch all admission standards in search of one extra victory. (laughs) (laughs) But we need guardrails. (laughs) There's no uniformity here. The value is changing state to state. We need a national solution or there might not be a level playing field in college athletics. Oh, boy. <laughs> For instance, are you aware that the $7 billion the Big Ten is going to make is a, is a precisely $7 billion more than the MAC is going to make? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of guidance is that? This is going to be the wild, wild west. Don't get your hopes up, Pac-12. This is more than the SEC, more than the ACC, more than the Big 12. The Pac-12 is trying to stay afloat on on Flonay's television ads. (laughs) Copper knife. (laughs) Which is a hell of a product. You can cut through a piece of PVC pipe and then Julian a tomato right after. It's amazing. (laughs) Where the hell is Tupperville? (laughs) <laughs> Is that we need guardrails <laughs> <laughs> I think I see what you're getting at here Dan slightly no I'm happy they're making the money I'm just concerned <laughs> this might be out of control some people might make more than the others <laughs> the level playing field what is going uh. on I have no guidance <laughs> How can Iowa in part of one part of a little state make more than Iowa State the other part of the little state? This is chaos. <laughs> Where's Cory Booker? <laughs> Guardrail oh me. <laughs> is there a slight double standard? Is that what you're getting at here, Dan? Is there one I, standard I, I, for the players and another standard for everybody else? Hmm. Is, Amazing. is there one area of college athletics where you can absolutely make as much money as humanly possible, <laughs> as much as your be- greedy hands can rake in and stuff into your pockets? And then the other side, oh, well, there it's that we might have some problems if there's people making money. Then we got we need that's where we need our guardrails. I think I get your drift. Help Congress help. <laughs> Please save us. 
Yes. Next thing you know, volleyball players from Los Angeles will be flying to Piscataway, New Jersey to play a game in the middle of the week <laughs> for a tele cable television network that our last our last commissioner made 20 billion on. 20 million. Can't even do it anymore. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> wild, wild west. It's wild. <laughs> what are we gonna do here? Thoughts on the deal, Pat. I appreciate that flamethrower soliloquy to start, uh, <laughs> pointing out the massive hypocrisy that goes along with all of this. Thoughts on the deal? Uh, yeah, people still like college football. Guess what? Even in the NIL era, people still like college football enough that they are paying ungodly sums uh, to televise it. And I was told they would not. Yeah, <laughs> I was told <laughs> actually through a Supreme Court case that college football fans would immediately stop watching if the unique construct of amateur athletics was no longer the thing. Yeah. It would be like minor league sports, and minor league sports aren't popular. So what is happening, Pat? Lo and behold, that yet another Cassandra cry from the NCAA establishment is proven false and hollow. Ah. So that appears to be what's happening, Dan Wetzel. Um, where's all the extra money going? That's where I want to know. Well, right? I mean, that's buy a good question. Buy out yeah, life. An extra 20, yeah. 30 million per school, right? And they're making now something like that, maybe yeah. 40 million. Uh, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm curious to where that's going. Uh, you know, I was talking to Big Ten administrator a couple weeks ago, and he made the mention of it's time to really seriously start talking about revenue sharing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that the time probably has passed. But uh, yeah, you, uh -huh. you it might be too late. Uh, but yeah, it's been time to talk about that. So it'll be interesting to see the next steps of this thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. But they, I'm telling you, there's still resistance out there. You mentioned revenue sharing, and that's something that Kevin Warren mentioned uh, at Big Ten Media Day when we sat down with him there, myself and Richard Johnson from SI. He also said, well, we can have revenue sharing. What about expense sharing? We're going to have expense sharing, too. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to share expenses? Okay. If you're going to really share the revenue, I bet they'd share the expenses, too. I bet they would. Second point, it was, like, hit over the head with this, like, five times from different people. This is going to be a real gradual ramp up. It's not like we're just raking in the cash right away. You know, it's like basically, hey, boosters, we still need you to donate. OK, yeah, right. we need those donations yeah. for a couple of years here. We don't turn on the money spigot for real until like 2025. So keep those checks coming. Uh, Meanwhile, the so SEC they, got a $23 million loan from ESPN last year. Every school, $23 million alone on their deal before it even starts. Yeah, there, that, that remember all the poverty cries going into the, the pandemic, you know, oh. in, in like spring of 2020. Oh, eh, five. I think everybody's coming out of this. OK, because, you know, we all of us, you know, we are often on college campuses and in facilities and offices and and stadiums, you know, and, and one thing is clear that they're all junk right now. I mean, if the, it's a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of fixer upping to do here. It's like the east side <laughs> of Cleveland or something. Um, yeah. The money is uh, the money is big, which is that's uh, that's America. That's fine. These these, yeah. these these places are gambling on two. Well, they're betting on two things. One, sports wagering will continue to make people watch any football, and two, Americans love football. I like that gamble. Yeah, yeah. I like that gamble. Yeah, that's so. it's a good gamble. But yeah, the last two places I went to. Both of them were like, um, uh, yeah, we got to put you in just this a temporary office because we're renovating. We're adding, we're getting bigger. We're adding stuff. Blah 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 blah. I mean, it's like, yeah. So there's your junk. They're just all they're doing is adding and getting bigger, and refurbishing and modernizing. The other point that dovetails with this: there are Rose Bowl meetings now, right, uh, Ross? And aren't they happening right now? And and they're happening in Napa. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. That's again, they're, they're not going to like Sacramento. They're not going to Davenport, <laughs> Iowa. They're not going to Pueblo, How about Colorado. Just the Rose Bowl? They're going to Napa. How about just having a meeting at the Rose Bowl? Isn't it big <laughs> enough? It's a fairly large building. <laughs> well, uh, Kevin, in, the weather's uh, nice. You can sit there. Watch Kevin the sunset. And, and George Klavkov haven't talked, I don't believe, until 
at these meetings. Um, I think there was supposed to be a phone call set up. Kevin Warren said at media day with George, from what I've heard, it's never happened. And so they will be talking for the first time and I can just see it, uh, them, um, you know, meeting at the 50 yard line, you know, and shaking hands <laughs> or throwing punches or not one or the hands. other. Yeah. It's like, uh, wow. Hey, uh, Kevin, it's George, call me who dis <laughs> new phone, new phone, yeah. <laughs> diminished conference. Who dis what's that? Is that the mountain West? You guys know my longstanding opinion of donating to your local athletic department, certainly the major ones. Your degree is not worth the paper it's printed on if you're sending these people money. I double down on that now. Yeah, right. If, if you're, say, uh, whatever, Iowa, Wisconsin, anyone, anyone in the Big Ten right now, and you are writing a donation check to the athletic department, you cannot think of a better charitable use of yeah. your money than to send money That's... to somebody who just signed a $7 billion contract. <laughs> you are not properly the... educated by that university. Yeah. <laughs> just, the, you know uh, what? You pay like un, unearned parking tickets. <laughs> You'll get more out of life just parking wherever the hell you want and getting parking tickets with or without the boot. Yeah, buy the boot. And just pay that. At least your local government will get a couple bucks, and you'll get a good parking spot right in front of the restaurant. You know the little uh, memo part on the check? It's right in there. Sucker. If you're sending, <laughs> if you're sending in your donation check. I'm a or, sucker. hey, I, give that donation and send it to the school. Hey, why don't you call your local NIL collective? And, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah give, give, it, give it there. Give it to your local. Uh, some of them are charities. Somehow, they are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool, of course. Oh, it's great. Congratulations to the Big Ten. They've they are worth the money. They've made the big move. They've got their deal. Let's talk about the logistics of this, okay? So if you're not reading up on the on the, all of the details, the Big Ten will now be broadcast football wise. Uh, they're gonna have a whole day of action. Eleven AM, they will have the big noon kickoff on Fox will will come from a Big Ten stadium. It will bleed right into the noon. Big noon kickoff. Uh, that will be, I believe, the the number one choice of a game each week. That'll be the A-list game. Okay. We're going to get into that because there may be some weeks where they mix a lot up, of Buckeyes but, but, at noon, and they, that's not yeah. great for recruiting. They, Urban Meyer used to say, I want them all at night. Right. right. The SEC way. The SEC way. 3.30 switches over to CBS. They take that, that 3.30 slot that was very good to the SEC to the SEC all those years, and then 7.30 NBC. Uh, so you, from a basically 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. or so, you can watch Big Ten, the, the three big Big Ten games. Everything else, I believe, will then go on uh, Big Ten Network and Fox Sports 1. Is right. that correct? And, and, and Peacock and streaming. Peacock yep. streaming. Notre Dame is expected to re-sign. We'll see how all that goes. But Notre Dame will play mostly at 3.30 Eastern or 2.30 Eastern. They got that weird time zone thing in Indiana. I don't know how it works. <laughs> they don't do it. They Never a dot on them. Anyway, whatever. I think South Bend is full-time Eastern now. I think that, is that it? Okay. Then occasionally so. they will play a night game. Notre Dame, right. and that will bump the Big Ten off of NBC. So if Clemson is coming to campus, if Notre Dame has, you know, they've played George, you know, whatever big, big game is coming, then Notre Dame's going to get that spot. I Presumably the the USC game every year right. um, might go there, although they usually play USC during the day. So Well, it depends. I mean, they've done it at night uh, from Notre Dame. They've done um, it at night, yeah. So yeah, but two yeah, or three Notre Dame that. games, That is that is how mm -hmm. I see this. ESPN will have the SEC and everybody else all the all the rest of the time, but I I, I think well they certainly have the SEC. I don't know what if, I, am I where am I wrong and where am I right on this? Because look at, at the end of the day, have the SEC, ACC, ACC. Okay, SEC, ACC. At the end of the day, not a whole lot of this matters. Like your your rich people got richer. Can I still watch the game? Yes, good. So not really that big of a deal. If your team sucks, you're going to have to get to know what the Peacock Network. It's going to be like the Je <laughs> Jefferson Pilot game. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the, the, that's new the 2020s version of the JP game. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. the good teams, 
you're good. If you can't find NBC, uh, you know, again, what are we doing here? So, correct, that's a pretty good lineup. You like the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great line. If, if, you, if you are a Big Ten fan and you are the Big Ten commissioner and a Big Ten administrator, I think it's a phenomenal lineup. I mean, you've got big-time networks that are going to invest well in your product. They're going to have good announcing crews. All the production quality is going to be great. Uh, that big noon kickoff, I mean, Fox is, Fox is not a very subtle partner when it comes to promoting its, itself and its own uh, needs. And so I think big noon kickoff, is just going to be a Big Ten festival for a large to a large degree coming into that noon game. Then away you go for the rest of the uh, of the, the that Saturday, and uh, I, I boy, I think it sets up really well for them. I mean, as you said, look, we're all going to find other games, and if you're a fan of college football, there's going to be a lot of better games often on in the SEC, and you're going to turn on those. And sometimes you're going to get a good Big 12 game or a good ACC game, and you're going to turn on those. So there's going to be times you're not just going to be oh I'll, now that I've got this nice little setup, all I'm going to do is watch Big Ten football. But if you are a Big Ten fan, you're sitting pretty. It's a really cool setup for you. It's funny to think about how these two behemoths conferences have handled their media rights deals because they've. They've really handled them in the opposite. They've done the opposite thing. You know, the Big Ten has the more platforms, the better. They might even eventually add a, a fourth media rights partner, but they have three right now, uh, main ones. And the SEC kind of did the opposite. They just went with one. Uh, that way, they probably in that way can control times better and placement and things like that. And they just have one, you know, outlet to deal with. Uh, the Big Ten did did the opposite and i think that depending on who you talk to you know say that one one is better than the other but i'll tell you this with the big 10 that fascinates me is two things one this draft that they're going to have every year which pat and i had discussed off air we want to be sitting in in the room when this draft happens and they have to every it, yeah every year every august or whatever they do this draft they gotta they gotta stream this thing put it on peacock man put it on peacock put the draft on the game draft on peacock because that would be fascinating. People would to me. eat it up. I know that would be that would be awesome. Just like the SEC did during the COVID year when they did this really schedule release stuff, and they they put that they rolled it out really slowly, and it was this huge dramatic yeah. production. Uh, and then the other thing that's fascinating to me is the competing networks, the three main competing networks, doing cross promotion for each other, which Big Ten people have told me they plan to all do. So you can imagine a Sunday NFL. Where CBS during CBS's NFL game, they're advertising or endorsing whatever the NBC game. Uh, that's going to be interesting, or, or the Fox game for 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 Big Ten the next week. Uh, so that's that's really fascinating. I, I think I think the uh, the the way the Big Ten approached it, a lot of people would say was 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 pretty brilliant in getting multiple partners and kind of owning, in a way, the whole day or trying to own the whole day. It's it's pretty cool. I do know, like, Notre Dame loved that uh, for the past X number of years, the Sunday night football on NBC, NFL, would promote the following week's game for Notre Dame yep. if they had one. And, yeah, it'd be like 15 seconds. But that's the number one show on television. Yep. To pay for 15 seconds of Chris Collinsworth or somebody saying, hey, yeah, Notre Dame's going to play, uh, you know, host Boston College next, you know, whatever that's worth, I don't know. But it's something. Here's what I'm interested in in this draft. The Fox is going to get the number one pick each week, and then what, CBS and NBC, are they going to alternate? It's a good question. That's It's not really – they didn't make clear a true hierarchy of who's second dog to me, but – They both say CBS the same gets, amount. Well, CBS gets two of the championship games. NBC gets one. Hmm. So I don't know whether that's a differentiator or not and means that CBS is – the second dog and NBC's the third dog, but but that that's just one thing that stood out to me is like, okay, there there's a little bit of differentiation there. Again, that's something different from the SEC deal, right? CBS always got the number one pick, no matter what. In now, it seems like this this draft. Uh, I don't, you know, it seems like we, there's a lot more questions around this draft than we have we have answers. I'm dying to know the details of this draft and how it would work, and because it's because it's annual. So it's not like every week. So you're picking spe maybe dates each week, special dates. Um, I just got like a, randomly while we're talking, I got a message from Bob Thompson, the old Fox uh, sports executive 
who's wondering the same thing, asking the asking similar questions like, is the draft annually for special dates in primetime dates, or is it actually for each pick every week? I don't know. I don't know. But he's he's assuming that Fox will get the number one every week and CBS NBC will alternate and flip back and forth, maybe, and have like a flex. That's that's what I would expect. But here's the thing. I, I, so I, I, I assume that's it or something like that. Maybe CBS gets 60% of them or NBC gets 60% by giving up a conference championship game. I don't know. Yeah. But if you look at it, you're talking about the, the number one game of the week's going on at noon. The number two game is going to go on either it could go on at 3.30 and the number three game could go on at, at uh, 7.30. Now, the reason you expand is you add these these teams, but it's pretty rare there's three good games. There's kind of rare there's two. Yeah. Okay. Right. The SEC, by being just ESPN, can build, go the opposite route and build from noon up. Yeah. And they can switch really easily. So if LSU and Alabama are both undefeated, that thing's going prime. Every time it's going to be in prime time. The A game is going to be in prime time, I would think. Right. Yeah. ABC is going to want that. 7 yeah. 30, whatever it is. Especially with CBS out of the mix. With yeah. CBS mm-hmm. out of the mix. Because the old problem was CBS had the pick. They got the number one game. And then there was like one or two weeks a year they could move their game to prime time. Yeah. It was just once. One. Yep. It was just once. Yep. So they had to gamble on what that would be. Yep. And like one year, didn't they take Notre Dame, Georgia? And then as such, they could not move that colossal LSU Bama one, two game, which was the biggest game in years, really. Yep. I mean, Trump was there. I mean, it was wild, right? And that got done at two 30 that time. So for CBS, they're going to be putting their prime game at the top of this list. And often it's going to go into the third tier, the third best game of the week for the big 10 at least half the time, you know, I mean, we can talk about how great this all is, but that's a lot of Iowa, Michigan state. Yeah. It's an interesting point. Cause it's, it's good in a way for both conferences, right? Cause they're staggering their best games. They're not yes. competing at the same time. So I didn't even think of it like that, but that's a, a really good point. You'll get the best big 10 early in the morning for lunch. And then for dinner, you get the best, probably the best eight sec. Although I would guess, that sometimes the best SEC game might still be at three thirty, although it's probably not going to be a lot, you know. And and, and a, lot, a lot of times you have two pretty good SEC games, so I guess one would be the three thirty and one would be the seven. Um, but that's interesting how they're going to stagger throughout the day, which is great, I think, for viewers. Yeah, you're right. I mean, both what you guys said is like one's going to be weighted early and the other one's going to be weighted late, and I I think the viewers will win out of that. If I'm NBC. And I'm sitting there going, I a lot of weeks I'm getting the third game and I'm going to have to go against the a, a SEC's number one game. Uh, yeah, you might get a That's all 360 millions a lot for that. <laughs> ratings bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> Illinois at Penn State versus, or you got Alabama against uh, Texas A&M. Yeah. Right. Let's look. A uh, couple things here from a, from a West Coast perspective. One thing that is missing from this deal, and really this is from all our perspective, where's Big Ten after dark? It doesn't look like they're going to do late night kickoffs, uh, you know, for home games for USC or UCLA. Maybe they can still do that. They can flex to that, you know, and have a 10 p.m. Eastern kickoff. It would be counterintuitive for their own audiences to have a 10 p.m. kickoff for the most part, because most of them are in the East. Eastern time zone or central, but for those of us who love that West coast after dark game, that that's still the province of the schools that are in co- the conference on the West coast for now. Right. Cause there doesn't seem to be any inclusion of having a USC hosting Michigan state, 7 PM Pacific, 10 PM Eastern kick. No, or the big 10 flex. Yeah. Flex like FS one, maybe would carry a, maybe you think, yeah. Like if you, yeah. if USC was, was hosting like, you know, Illinois or something, you know, you could maybe see that, that being like a 10 kick seven on the West coast, maybe. Yeah, no, that, that would actually, that, that could happen. Yes. All right. So, Um, so I just looked at like, I just opened up week 10, big 10. Yeah. Here are your games. Now you're going to have USC and UCLA in here now too, but Michigan Rutgers, Penn state, Indiana, Iowa, Purdue, 
Minnesota, Nebraska, Michigan State, Illinois, Ohio State, Northwestern, Maryland, Wisconsin. Which one of those are you all that excited <laughs> about? Yeah. And then which one are you third most excited about? Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go yeah, that's... week six. I'm just picking random ones, okay? Week six. Ohio State at Michigan State. Love it. That's noon. Yep. After that, Nebraska Rutgers, Purdue, Maryland, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Northwestern. Not great. So, you know, I think this is, let's see, week four. Let's see what we got. We're going to have some non-cons in here. Right. Got to get that Chattanooga, Illinois game in there. This is week four. Iowa, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan, Wisconsin's at Ohio State. So there's your big noon. Again, Buckeyes can get a lot of noon. Get your alarm clocks. Minnesota, Michigan State, Central Michigan at Penn State, Indiana uh, is playing Cincinnati. That They don't have the right to that game. It's at FAU at Purdue, Miami, Ohio at North. I mean, eh, you can see why they, they're talking about still expanding. Because <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I mean, these aren't bad. I'm going to watch a bunch. I mean, I, you know. They need the USC. They really need yeah, the yeah. USC as quick yeah. as possible. I'm excited for some of these, but it's not like they're swimming in three, four deep of like, must watch games no they're not and, and i mean that's yeah you add that's why you add other teams to add to get better inventory but here's what else you add if when you bring in usc and ucla congratulations on your financial life raft trojans and bruins if you're playing in the big game of the week that's a 9 a.m local kickoff for you <laughs> congratulations on the body clock you got to get there thursday well, too you got to get there thursday. Yeah. yeah i'm sure it's gonna happen if they're you're gonna playing, fly thursday night uh-huh. And what happens when you're hosting the big game? Are they going to have you kick off at 9 a.m. local? You're going to get Los Angeles people <laughs> to, the, to, to the stadium at 9 a.m. for the kickoff? Can't get them Excellent. there at 7 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent point there. What happens if it's Ohio State, USC, right? That's the one we all want to watch. Does you that put it get flexed noon? out? Yeah, does that get flexed out? To, got, uh, it has to. NBC or, or does Fox do some kind of do they have a witness box at all ever have a window in the prime time or or uh they don't do prime time they do baseball they do baseball all october they've never done prime time i don't know that's a big question and and in fairness i'm not just picking on the big 10 let's i'm taking looking at the sec schedule right week four kent state georgia like there's none of these non-conference games are good there's florida tennessee vandy alabama Missouri, Auburn, Tulsa's at Ole Miss, Bowling Green's at Arkansas and A&M is the, is the best game based on right now. Florida, Tennessee's pretty interesting. But again, you go, what's your third game? Don't have one, really. I mean, I'm interested yeah. in Missouri, Auburn, but I don't think it's going to be. Like, so here's another reason. This is another reason why the SEC probably should go to nine conference games, right? It eliminates some of these, these weekends at least and. I think, you know, half the league wants to do that, uh, but they haven't, uh, it sounds like they haven't got the other, the other half on board. Although as Pat wrote today in that story, you know, maybe ESPN comes back to the renegotiating table. If the SEC says, uh, you know, we're going to go to nine games and Hey, look at the big Ken's deal, come back and, and let's, let's get some more cash. And maybe then at that point, some ADs will come over across the, cross the the line and in, in, in be for nine. But in order to have that third good game, you yeah, you gotta think uh they need to eliminate that fourth non conference game against and you know, they're North adding Tennessee. Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah. So yeah, week right. ten, I said that one earlier. There's Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Liberty's playing at Arkansas, Alabama, LSU, um, Auburn, Mississippi State, Florida, Texas AM. I could certainly see three good games there. Um, and that's why you get Texas and Oklahoma. I don't, and this is why ESPN still going to show ACC and big 12 and stuff like that. Like some of these games are, that's great, but you're going to, you're going to watch something else on the, on the, on the deuce. So a lot of hype on all this again, like big 10 fans get excited from 11 to 11. You can watch your, your league. Like, you know, that is for some serious depraved <laughs> individuals. <laughs> it's a lot of freaking, a lot of off tackle. A lot of puns. A lot of <laughs> Why torture us? Overcast skies. Yeah, we know. Oh, it's we know. Snowing in West Lafayette. Early October. Early October. Anyway, games will be on. And it, very exciting. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Uh, quickly on this, uh, we I did mention this last time, my fear, and I totally agree with it even more now. This is exposure-wise, not good for Big Ten basketball. Right. Games are going to Big Ten Network, Peacock, FS1. There's going to be like 11 to 15 games on CBS on Saturdays. Weeknight games are going to be Yes, the hardcore fan. And there are a lot of Big Ten basketball fans. That's the thing. There are not that many big SEC. Like the proportion is different, but Big Ten basketball matters. They sell all these stadiums out. There's a lot of people that want to watch. The average fan that is not dialed into his or her team or just wants to watch in general, they're not going to watch this. They're not going to Peacock to watch a streaming game. It's just, oh, this is an exciting. I didn't know Minnesota and Wisconsin were going to have an exciting game tonight. And it's a big opportunity basketball-wise for the other leagues, particularly the SEC. No, that that's that's a significant issue, and I think there are Big Ten coaches that are concerned about that. I mean, you're talking. Oh, they're 32, concerned. They're texting me, but I as I, yeah. I just put back the little money ba- the money bag back. <laughs> you might not recruit as well, but your buyouts are fully guaranteed. So, <laughs> yeah, thirty-two men's basketball games next year, twenty-three, twenty-four on Peacock, forty-seven thereafter, thirty-two of which will be league games. That's a lot. That's a lot of games on Peacock. And so, yeah, you're going to pay, I don't know, there'd be four ninety nine per game or, you know, what the number would be, or you get a, you know, season pass, but you're, you're going to be asked to pay and a lot of people just won't do it. So that's, that is a, an opportunity missed. And I, they, I, I do expect there to be some sort of sub licensing element here that keeps ESPN in the mix from a basketball standpoint. Really? I don't know what it'll look like. I'm not a broadcast expert, but I think that whether it's to make sure there's still a Big Ten ACC challenge or that there's Big Ten teams in the Jimmy V Classic and all the other, you know, November, December games that ESPN shows, or whether it's just flat out some sort of agreement that says, you know, you get a dozen games or whatever, a, a, a seat. I don't, I don't know what it'll be, but I I got the feeling talking to people that, that ESPN, while there was some definite uh, – friction and that's why they're not part of this deal nobody wants to see espn become an enemy or to go away completely uh do you believe game day will continue to go to big 10 games or will it go fox it'll be like fox's deal where it's just now we're only promoting ourselves it's a great question i i i don't know I, i i would have to think they will still go there because espn does still like ratings and Game day from the horseshoe, game day from the big house, game day from Camp Randall. People will watch that you're going to get 20,000 people on the set or, or, you know, in the stadium or whatever, and people will watch. So I I think it would be short-sighted and a little bit spiteful if you just said we're not going to do it. It's hard to ignore Ohio State, right? I mean, that would be be pretty wild if, if they just completely cut out uh, the big 10 and, and never, never went to the horseshoe on some of these big games, uh, or like Pat said, Michigan, and, and, and you could see Wisconsin. Yeah. It, it, uh, I think it still remains a traveling show. Also, there's a thing we talked about last time, right? Where are all these people from who are on the game day set? Right. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Herbie and all of them. And, and I mean, uh, not, Desmond, uh, yeah. yeah, Desmond and, Oh, you know, we're not, we're not going back there. I mean, I, that would probably tick them off, I would think. So I would imagine it would still be a traveling show. But, you know, if they're torn on a place to go, you know, if they're torn on going to uh, – they got Florida and Alabama over here or or they got, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State here, and they're torn on the game, I, I think you would think that they would lean the other way, especially if they know Fox Noon is going to be at that other one. Yeah. SEC would win all ties in that instance. Yeah. I, so I'm intrigued by this. I, I think that they'll do the right thing. And, I, you know, 
Boy, that sounds naive. I, I'm regretting <laughs> it the moment I said it. <laughs> really? Yeah. To to have, put your faith in big uh, in college uh, leaders and and networks to to do the right thing. What yeah. happened to me, Pat? What happened? I, <laughs> so, I, I don't, don't know. know. You're broken. Yeah, I'm a wide eyed optimist here. <laughs> Here's the thing about that opening rant. I don't think so. But here's the thing about game day. They've always like done the journalistic almost right thing. They've broadcast from like division three games. They've gone to Fargo. Yeah, they've multiple times. They did a thing on uh, the kid at BC who was fighting cancer. They've. They've moved the game to where it needs to be, regardless of who's showing that game. They have sat at Tuscaloosa and Baton Rouge and Athens and, you know, and broadcast, even though they're just hyping up a game that's going on CBS. So I think they will continue to do the right thing unless the Big Ten fans misbehave and the signs behind these guys (laughs) get get anti-ESPN. It could get a little salty in the uh, Home Depot area. Oh, it could. <laughs> it could. You wonder what the negotiations, yeah. the the uh, you know ESPN getting getting cut out. I wonder if there are any you know hard feelings from the negotiations, and that might impact um, obviously ESPN the relationship. I mean, we've seen more animosity and bitterness in college sports than we've ever seen the last couple of years, even from the very top, maybe mostly from the very top of the commissioners. So you would, you would think that, um, you know, maybe some, just like CBS and SEC's relationship, which right could be better. Uh, the ESPN big 10 relationship might be going the way of that too. And at that point, you know, I don't know, maybe eventually ESPN, uh, does steer clear of big 10 country. You know, it'll certainly be interesting to see how that, uh, how that works. I'm holding out. Huh? You know where else they need to be on red hot sign alert? Big noon kickoff when Urban Meyer's on the set. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're playing in Big Ten country if, other than But at Big Noon, you could bring your anti-ESPN sign and wave it in the background of, like, Big Noon kickoff. And that'll oh, be yeah. fine, right? That'll be fine. Right. But if you get into Urban, you know, illegal use of hands signs and <laughs> pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Urban left uh, left the broadcast early to uh, stay home. He went to his stay bar. with his family. Be yeah, he didn't, family. didn't want to fly back with the team because he's a leader. <laughs> he's a leader and he builds culture. And nothing builds leadership and culture. Speaks more to that in the NFL than bailing on the team and not flying home. <laughs> so you can go party at your bar. <laughs> so you can go party at your bar. and That is leadership values. That mm-hmm. is culture. All right. Enough, uh, enough with that. Uh, games will be broadcast. All right, Pat, you did report a unnamed source. Sources saying the Big Ten and done expanding. Explain yourself. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. Big Ten source. We're not done expanding. Okay. Well, a good host would know how to set you up better. I don't. I suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Seems fairly you, obvious. Look, so. you shot all of your bullets at I the don't beginning know, of this podcast. Just, with well, that, that go rant. talk about some stuff yeah. while I zone out. <laughs> Um, no, I, I mean, this wasn't equivocation. This was a flat declaration. We're not done expanding. Now there were no specifics. There's no timeline. There's no, this school, that school was UMass mentioned. (laughs) UMass was, believe it or not, not mentioned. So once again, they, they're, their best bet is new New United. No buyout on the independent life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no grant of rights nobody wants no, their rights no. pioneer valley but, community cable <laughs> uh and it did, did dial me back to when i talked to kevin warren in july and he, i mean he said you know the next like three years or when the tumult's gonna happen and then he, he said three he said three to five he was kind of all over the place but uh so that will happen during this this broadcast contract lifetime if it does if his if his timeline is correct. So then they're going to blow up that contract and redo it if they're adding more schools. Now, you know, I think the speculation starts in the Pacific Northwest. Mostly it starts with the wish list, ultimate wish list team of Notre Dame. For now, I think Notre Dame, especially with these numbers in the Big Ten deal, do not, 
I think scare Notre Dame and say, oh my gosh, we've we've got to we've got to join. I I don't think they blow it out of the water to the point where Notre Dame says uh, we cannot compete. So start there. I still think Notre Dame stays independent for as long as possible. So then, do Washington and Oregon move the needle? Does Phil Knight and company have time in the next two or three years to demonstrate how valuable they could be, and do they get at it? Then what happens to Stanford and Cal? I do think there would probably be a real strong wish from USC and UCLA to have some West Coast partners, uh, so you're not just going leaving your t- going two time zones all the time to do everything. Uh, but it's going to be within that group. And then the question is, obviously, if the Big Ten takes more of the Pac-12, is the Pac-12 done because the Big 12 scoops uh, the schools from the lower part of the southern part, the four corner schools, as they're called, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah? I'm curious of uh, who who turns the so-called key first with the expansion, the next expansion dominoes, who flicks the, the domino? Because Kevin Warren certainly has the power to do it. The four corner schools in the Pac-12 probably have the power to do it. You know, the Big Ten 12 wants them. So it's like, who does it first? When one does it, the other one's probably following behind. So if the four corner schools decide the Pac-12's media rights deal isn't as high as they want it to be, and that number should be coming within weeks, I think, from from probably from ESPN, you would think the top bidder of the Pac-12, given the Big Ten situation. So that number should be coming. And so the four corner schools, maybe, if they decide this number's not good enough, we're heading out to the Big 12. We think the number's going to be better there. Uh, well, then that leaves, right, Washington and Oregon, maybe Cal and Stanford kind of out there for the Big Ten to grab if it wants. Or does the Big Ten grab them? And then that precipitates the four corner schools to come over. So that kind of feels like the next like realignment issue is one of those two things happening, or maybe neither happens, or maybe it happens years from now. I don't know. So rough math, it's about $66 million per Big Ten school for uh, the media rights alone. Right. The total thing, of course, will be much higher. There's other sports, there's tickets, there's marketing, there's a million other things. But just on this, so... You know, I I don't I'm dubious about this expansion other than Notre Dame because who are you bringing that's going to be bring that exciting game that adds value really to the third? You really need more. I guess what you really need is more good third games, right? Yeah. Does, yeah. So does Oregon and Washington seem like the only you know, and obviously Notre Dame. You know, does Notre Dame demand that Stanford comes with them if they're? I don't. Notre Dame's currently getting about 25 million a year from NBC. And that should go up like everyone else's has. So they're as of this moment, without renegotiating, they're roughly 40 million behind. But if they what if they close that gap in half? Is that close enough to stay independent? Yeah, I think it is. I don't think that's that's yeah. not a problem for Notre Dame. They can make that up. If it was like we're 40, 50 million behind every year we've got to do something, but if that thing can get into the 40, so what are you hearing on Notre Dame's potential on what they might be able to get from, from NBC? I, I can't imagine there's any other bidder than NBC uh, really that could offer them anything except I guess ESPN could try to come in and, and kick, kick NBC while, you know, really affect NBC's deal. So maybe that's the yeah. bid. You need, you need maybe. bidders. Oh yes. Yeah. You need competition. We all know that the best way to drive up uh, prices to have competition. Uh, and that's interesting. An interesting thought about ESPN because they a have a ton of money and b a, a renewed, I think hunger to get some big games. Now that they've lost this, you know, they, there was originally a number thrown out on reports. Notre Dame could get 75 million. I think that was never correct. Uh, <laughs> I, I think saw that's more that they're, recent- they're hoping to get 75 million. Yeah. Which is like, and I, I'm hoping to also. I'm hoping yeah, to, to <laughs> spend my whole life on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're targeting I, it. I, that, I saw, <laughs> I since saw maybe some more responsible estimates at like 60. Yeah. Uh, that'd be uh, incredible. But, yeah. Uh, but that still but seems again, high. Yeah. Yeah, for seven like numbers, games, eight games. The numbers that were being thrown out for the Big Ten were so big at first, and people were going to the high end saying, "Oh, they're going to make a hundred million. Well, at the end of this deal, they might get that far. But as you said, Dan, like on the average of the deal, it'll be more in the sixties. So if Notre Dame can get 
if they can double their deal from 25 to 50, I think Notre Dame's cool with that. You know, I, again, I, they, they don't have a history. They're like every other Jesuit institution. They'll find ways to go cheap where they went, where they want to and need to. And so, and you know, they've kind of always prided themselves on not needing to do everything because they're Notre Dame. So I, I think that I think that the chances right now for Notre Dame to get a deal at once to stay independent are pretty good. And I think they can use some of the the numbers we've seen, obviously being thrown out there. They can use that in negotiations. I mean, think about it. You know, you're Notre Dame, and uh, you can show NBC in negotiations that uh, you know Northwestern and Indiana and Illinois teams that you would say are. Uh, beneath Notre Dame when it when it comes to value uh, are getting 80 million dollars maybe 90 million dollars a deal at the end of the uh, you know a year at the end of the Big Ten deal it's like wait we're Notre Dame you know so I could see them kind of using these some of these numbers and even some SEC teams like you know Vanderbilt the SEC's new deal I think they expect to get 70 to 75 million a year in distribution in the ESPN new ESPN deal I mean, again, uh, you know, Vanderbilt's going to be getting 70, 75 million and Notre Dame's going to be getting even 50. You know, it's kind of like, OK, this doesn't make any sense. So you, you could see them using some of these numbers to to kind of get what they want. I just wonder because. All right. So at Notre Dame, you only get uh, eight games generally and you get you get any game played at Notre Dame Stadium in, in South Bend and they do the Shamrock Series, which uh, they play around the country. So like this year's home slate really only has one game that is going to do a big number. They got Marshall. They got Cal. They got BYU in Vegas. They get Stanford, UNLV, Clemson, which will be at night, BC. That's their games. The next year, they'll get Navy in Ireland, Tennessee State, Central Michigan, Ohio State, USC, so two big dogs, Wake, Pitt. The year after that, Northern Illinois, Miami, Ohio, Stanford, Navy, Florida State, Virginia, Miami. Maybe one more. I don't know. Uh, AM jumps on. So you're kind of getting one two, to two basically. big games. Yeah. yeah. And everything else, it's like, it's, yeah, Notre Dame will give you a rating, but there's still only Notre Dame fans watching the Duke game or something. Until it's halftime and Duke's winning, then a lot then more. Then a lot more. Tune so, in and watch. I don't know how much you can get, but then again, they just are, they're paying $360 million and we talked about what some of these third games are going to be. Right? That's the thing, and I, I frankly, I haven't studied it enough to know if Notre Dame's like ratings are just absolutely dip-proof. You know, like if they if they have games where they dip down to 500,000, 600,000 no, viewers, I don't or if they're they do. all... I believe they're okay. always in the couple million. That's the beauty, but there's always... What I've had TV people talk about is two different tiers. One is $4 million, is a good game. And yeah. then 10 is that blockbuster. You'll get SEC title game, Ohio State, Michigan, and, and usually like one Notre Dame game a year will pop over that. Or a big LSU Bama or something really big. You'll have three yeah. or four. And Notre Dame more consistently will get into that. So there's no question. And, and some of these are just on the road. But like if Notre Dame is and SC are both in the top 10, then that 11 at uh, November 30, uh, you know, the November 26th game is going to do a really nice number. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And Clemson could get 10 million on 11 on, on November 5th. But so you're kind of buying that super game. And then does it average all out? You know, I don't know, but I do think Notre Dame will get enough money that money isn't driving them to the big 10. So I don't think they're going, I think they're staying independent. CFP, right? CFP, CFP, nah. CFP access. The other, the only other thing, which they should have access, right? I mean, the playoffs going to expand. I think everybody realizes that's going to happen. Although, you know, we don't really know when or how um, what it's going to look like. But I think for the most part, Notre Dame will always have a decent path there. But if something crazy happens, like think about, you know, if the Big Ten expands quickly again, the SEC has to respond, and all of a sudden you have these two, you know, like a lot of people have talked about these two big conferences, and you know, at that point. What's the playoff look like? Can they do their own? Is Notre Dame, you know, they wouldn't cut out Notre Dame, but at that point, Notre Dame would maybe be forced into, you have to join somewhere. So, but that, that would, that was unlikely. It feels like, you know. So there was a report by Pete, uh, Pete Thamel at uh, ESPN saying there, there's going to be a renewed talk about maybe still expanding the playoff before this is done. Cause they're sitting around going, 
the hell are we doing? We're not making, we're not maxing <laughs> out our money. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so back at Pac-12 Media Day, George Clapp called, kind of threw it out there that, uh, hey, that we can still expand the playoff before the contract ends. Uh, and there's four more years, 22, 23, 24, and 25. And uh, we can ex- still expand for those last two years and have an expanded playoff in 24 and 25. And everybody's kind of like, wait, what? And even a lot of the commissioners and people over at the CFP kind of scratching their head like, what is he talking about? We had that vote already in March. It's not happening. And not only that, they just announced the the dates in the sites for the 24 and 25 championship games in Atlanta and Miami. So they have to move dates in. They might have to move the sites. Atlanta, I don't think, can host something into January, in deeper into January, an expanded playoff championship game. So there are a lot of hurdles to this. They had a meeting. The president had a meeting Monday. And they're going to have, I think there's going to be more meetings coming out in the next couple of weeks. There seems to be a lot of hurdles, but suddenly, right, some of the alliance members who voted against the same playoff model just about five months ago are now on board. And so now there is does seem to be a window into this maybe happening. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'd put the this is the headline on that story. Breaking college presidents discover math. Like all of a sudden they're like, they're saying, well, that was one of the lines in Pete's stories. Like that they they've realized that they missed out on a half billion dollars. Well, yeah, we've been saying that for years. No kidding. And, and I know that there's hurdles and it's hard, but they act because they're, they're still rooted in the bowl experience, right? You could rent a stadium around the country. Somebody's going to be available for you. Right. Somebody uh, will be like, yeah, we'll host it. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll take Wait, it. We you're got, telling us we yeah. got the we'll clear late, out the Marriott for you. We got the Hyatt over here. We got to get our right. dome in late January. We can br- bring a hundred thousand tourists to town when we usually don't don't have very many. Okay, yeah, we'll make it happen. But we we need to go to cities where we have a long established relationship. <laughs> like these other cities don't <laughs> exist. Just don't yeah. exist. Here's one of the um, issues, though. Too, there's a lot of issues with this, but there are one of the ones is, is ESPN has the has the like the exclusive rights to it if they expand before the contract. And so there are questions on how that would work. ESPN probably doesn't want to give give it up and the contract calls for them to make uh for them to pay an extra 460 million dollars combined for the last 2 years if they expand the playoff. And a lot of people would say that's that's not enough. If you if you went to the open market that 460 million is probably like 2 billion, 1. Right. 1.5 billion. So there's yeah, there's some problems there and, and they'd have to work with ESPN and, you know, they can get it done. They could have got it done last year. I think. Yeah, I don't uh, think they're going to get it done. I I, I wouldn't hold. My <laughs> they should have gotten this done already. I don't think they're going to get it done. Uh, the I've heard the 12, 12 team playoffs worth a billion a year, you know, so yep. bang, 11 games, Makes sense. billion dollars. What are we doing here? But hey, uh, they're turning down money. Go figure. To your point about Notre Dame and an expanded playoff, the only uh, unless it becomes conference champs only, Notre Dame has access to a playoff. Or if it somehow was like a like I don't know one at large bid or something, which wouldn't happen. Which isn't going to happen. The SEC wants more automatic, uh, more at large bids. And as long as Notre Dame has that path, even if they stayed at four for the next twenty years, they'd be fine. They made it twice, right? So they made it twice. Yeah. They know if yeah. we're good, and they love the twelve team because they're basically saying, "Hey, if we're good, we're hosting, right?" And we want to host. And I, I think Jack Swarbrick saw the value of hosting a game uh, for his community, for his campus, for everything, and they'll be happy to be twelve and zero and sitting at number five and hosting the twelve seed and getting that big prime time thing and the whole bit. So unless there are no at large bids. Notre Dame isn't going anywhere. And the SEC, not only do they want lots of at-large bids, but to go the other route, because if you remember Jim Delaney at the Big Ten, the old commissioner, tried to make it conference champs only. And and even back then, the SEC said, hell no. We should be able to get two teams in a lot of years. Mm -hmm. But if they went, Mike Sly was having none of that. I mean, he was... (laughs) Stupid. The four best teams. Our Mike right. Slive said that 400 times. And neither, neither right. is Greg. Greg's following suit, right? They talked about the 18 playoff and having eight best six, teams, uh, right? Six eight. and two, yep. just two at large. And he's like, nope. no, 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 no. Nope. 
He's talking about no automatic bids. That's better yeah. for Notre Dame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Better. Yep. So and the SEC side political move is if you you don't want to push Notre Dame into a conference because that conference is going to be the Big Ten. Yeah. Yep. So you don't want that. So you better. You, there's a, there are weird allies here. Yep. So I think Notre Dame's not going anywhere. And so if the Big Ten wants to expand, I guess these maybe these numbers make sense. Maybe they don't. Maybe these other schools make sense. Maybe they don't. I guess we will. We will see. All right, we got a couple things to get to, including an excellent gambling story because I won. <laughs> uh, Under questionable lost. circumstances. And Pat lost. Questionable circumstances. Pat lost. I won. First, though, in very important chicken sandwich war news, mm. Mm. McDonald's is regrouping. The relaunch of the McChicken sucked, as we all know. Yeah, <laughs> they paid somebody to redo the McChicken, and they didn't. And it was the same thing. Just they just that that working group just absolutely stole the money. I hope they had like off sites in Vegas and just partied. Uh, it's the not thinking. So the McDonald's McChicken, and and you know this is the this is the Chinese army of of global warfare and the chicken sandwich <laughs> things. They got a McDonald's <laughs> yes, in every is. corner. Yep, you don't want to mess with these guys. Everyone's a little scared if McDonald's gets their chicken sandwich right. Uh, you know. You can have all the Zach sauce in the world. You're in trouble. <laughs> That's right. So this is what they're going with now, which I believe is a sign of desperation and out of ideas. They're taking, they're calling it the chicken Big Mac. <laughs> they're, t- <laughs> they're taking the Big Mac and instead of putting hamburgers in, they're going to put two chicken McChicken patties into the sandwich. Everything else, the special sauce, the lettuce, cheese, the pickles, the onion, and the sesame seed bun, including the little one in the middle, exactly the same. The chicken Big Mac. I need a job at McDonald's. Okay? They sit around. Jones, what do you got? (laughs) Your team has been working for months on this. Ah... Let's just take the burger out of the Big Mac and put chicken in. Freaking genius, man. Genius. Research and development right there. What is this? They're going to test it out in Britain and Miami. Kind of weird. Two two very different places, I guess. Yeah. Would you like to get compared to most British food? It'll be fantastic. (laughs) Miami, I don't know. They can do better. <laughs> do you like at least press it down like a Cuban sandwich? Yeah, right. Yeah, you can do that. The chicken Big Mac. Anyone? I like it. I'm I'm down with it. The Big Mac is a damn good sandwich. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little worried about the special sauce and whether that goes as well with the chicken as it does with the beef patty. Mm. But, you know, I mean... It, Go with the, the formula that succeeded for 50, 60 years, which is the Big Mac. Man. 1968, Absolutely. it was invented, the Big there Mac. There we go. Great days there in American history. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's like we should know that, like the moon landing and stuff. <laughs> 50, that thing survived 54 years. That's amazing. How about that? What not is just survived. They literally have not biodegraded. The half-eaten yeah. ones are still. <laughs> I mean, is there any fast food product? That has survived longer. That is incredible. It really is. 50 plus years. Uh, wow. You know. Yeah. Tip your cap to the longevity of the Big Mac. Yep. And now the chicken Big Mac. Long live the chicken <laughs> Big Mac. It's going to work. Chicken Big Mac coming right at you. It's going to work. Mark it down. When the podcast, when we were doing the podcast in 2076, we will be talking about the longevity of the chicken Big Mac. Write it down. I mean, we could I'll probably still be here for food that hack podcast. this right I now. I mean, it's, it's some assembly required, but this doesn't seem hard. Buy two chicken McChickens and a Big Mac and then just replace. Yeah. Could. Maybe that maybe people are already doing this and it's popular. I don't know. Maybe. We, what about if you did a mix and match? If like one patio, remember they have that air, land, and sea disaster? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. It that was horrible. <laughs> This would be uh, kind of like any that. of our listeners in South Florida or uh, yeah. the United Kingdom. Please yeah, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're, we're leaning back. on you. All right. Last week, last Friday night, Pat and I were in Boston 
for the wedding of Pete and Kate. Yeah, te- the technically couple. the celebration. They got married a while ago. Celebration, that's true. Yeah. If you recall, longtime pod listeners, uh, they had to get uh, elope because of COVID. There was nowhere to get married, the wedding venues and all that. So they eloped, of course, on Marriott points because that's Pete. And he broke a, a strength coach news from the <laughs> from like an hour Evans, before yeah. the ceremony. And he had his fly down <laughs> during the. He did have his fly down. Did have his fly oh, down. Oh, man. I forgot about that. That yeah, was Kate one brought of the great... that up uh, on Friday. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they finally had the reception, if you will, which was great. You didn't have to sit through the yeah. ceremony. You just got to go right to the party. <laughs> I was, I usually, awesome party. I usually try Beautiful. to say I've, I've got lost on the way to the church, didn't want to come into the middle, you know. So I just skipped it. Didn't even have to lie this time. Beautiful wedding. Yep. Kate looked beautiful. Yep. Teddy was there. Yeah. Uh, they're overlooking what, the harbor. Six-month-old son. Yep. Something like that. Seven. Great food. Great people. All terrific. Uh, needless to say, as it went, we decided to start gambling on things. There, there might have been a little drinking involved. Because there was not only just us, but there were even more degenerate gamblers in this, in this crew. A lot of Kentucky Derby people. Oh, boy. Yeah, a couple guys that go hard at the windows at the Derby. So the bet was this. I set down the bet. Pete is not a dancer. He's many great things. He's many great attributes. But he's not a dancer. <laughs> I mean, the last thing I would see him do is dance. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're looking out there. They got a band. Kate's out there dancing. Lots of people are dancing. Pete is not dancing. Pete. Pete is off in the corner uh, talking to people. So I put a bet down. I made the line. I was the house. Pete will dance more than one minute to a fast song, not a wedding dance, which they didn't even have. I thought there might be a first dance. There was not. He would dance more than one minute, and you could take the over or the under, and I was taking the over. (laughs) And everybody bet the under. Including Pat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't think Pete would would get a second as a fast dancer. I really didn't. I thought he I would just avoid it completely. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. These are his best friends, family, people have known him <laughs> his whole life. Everyone took the under. Not even a minute. I thought there would be a first dance. And then it would morph into some kind of fast song and he would it would take one minute, one second for him to dart off politely. He'd have to dance for one minute, one second. And that's how I was going to win this. But then I found out there was no first dance. So I was in trouble. So the wedding went till 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. And by 1040, there was no day. The the cumulative dance time was zero. (laughs) And more people good. were the, showing the up. The underbetters were feeling good at that. More people. One guy threw 20 down right then. And he had just yeah. come from talking to Pete. I thought you guys cheated because Pete knew there was a bet. <laughs> I he still heard think we were you betting. cheated, but go ahead. Are there rumors that I went and paid off the band to try to get Pete out there? <laughs> yes. I have no comment. <laughs> There's plenty of rumors. There's I'm going to address just rumor. that. I'm going to address the rumor sources. I paid off the band. Multiple sources. No comment. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No comment. Yeah. Didn't matter. Did it? Did it matter? Did it? It, it, Let's say I did. Let's concede perhaps I did slip the lead singer 20 bucks. It didn't matter because of what ended up happening. Pete all of a sudden gets out there on his own and has a hell of a time for 16 minutes and 38 seconds. Wow. Is that how long it ended up going? According to my little clock. Wow. I stopped. I stopped watching after, you know, we we, we hit the minute you guys mark. guys were and crying and dying. You had rigged the whole thing. 260 bucks I won on that. Was it that much? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was a huge oh I was God. about to lose 260 so, bucks. What? So, I, had to, I may or may not have had to lose 20 bucks to the lead singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what song was it? What song got him on the dance floor? He definitely he danced to... to uh, don't stop believing, which in uh, yeah. by journey, which Pete only knows is yeah. the song they play after Mississippi State third quarters. <laughs> and in that, there like was something a, else though. Is that a Red Sox song? No, that's Sweet Caroline. No, but he he was dancing yeah. before that. Yeah, no, 
He, it he, was pretty shocking, I will say. I, 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 I think you could objectively say Pete appeared to enjoy himself. He, he looked like he was having fun. Someone said it's yeah. the first time yes. I've ever seen him have fun. <laughs> I, uh, he was great. And then in classic Pete thing, he looks at us and goes, you have to dance at your wedding. <laughs> I, I agree. Go Pete. We were we shouldn't have set the over under that low, but still, I would have been comfort, very comfortable at like four minutes, and he he obviously surpassed that. But it was the wow. pay, it was the paying off of the lead singer that nullifies the validity of the no, whole. No, 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 no. That you have no proof of that. I'm just saying uh, it, it was alleged. It was alleged. That's all it is. Allegations at this point. Uh huh. I'll cooperate with any investigation. Okay, you sound like a college basketball. Talk to Bond, Shonik, and King. But I will say, didn't we didn't we leverage you up afterwards to pay for a beer or two? I spent uh, most post- of it at a, at the bar after. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so so I can't be that bitter towards you. No, no, you ended up you ended up uh, benefiting from it. But it was a tremendous victory by me. It was a beautiful wedding, but it really be remembered for that gambling, I believe. So uh, don't ever invite Pat and I to your wedding. <laughs> there's going to be gambling. Gambling will break. You could be like, what color, what kind of dress did Kate wear? Uh, to hear about the <laughs> bet that Pete wouldn't dance. I got nervous when no one was on my side. Literally, I was the only right. one on the over, and I had to match every bet. I you mean, these were his best there. friends. People were like, oh, I knew Pete when I was in fifth grade. I went, I was his roommate in Syracuse. I've been his first cousin. I'm like, nobody thinks he's going to dance. <laughs> So thank you, Pete, for cutting a rug. Get them off our hands. Yeah. <laughs> Both those things are true. Yes, inviting us to the thing. All right, that is our show. We'll be back next week. Week zero. Woo, baby. Game week. Let's, let's do this. A lot of Scott Frost talk. <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs>